0: gone from ideas for homebrewing your campaign all the way through homebrewing your own monsters
1: but what if you don't have time for all that or a co-dm to share the workload then publish adventures may be for you it's your campaign part five running publish adventures this week on the dungeon masters dojo
2: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Zapante, and these are your dungeon masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's send to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Hey,
1: Scott. Hey, Bill. Hello. How do you do, Super Lou? Okay. I'm in a good mood. Uh... What? <laughs> they both look worried.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he must have double doses his geritol today. <laughs> <laughs> he took the whole bottle. Published adventures. Thought you guys didn't really care for those. We don't. Nope. Episode over.
0: Good night. <laughs> End of show. Let me now. <laughs> I like them. Do you? Yeah. Why?
2: It's easier for me to run. I mean, I have done some things home brewed. It's a lot of work.
1: I was about to say, so you're taking the, the path that has less work. Sometimes. That is Lou. Because there's no one to do it for him. I, oh, or someone has already the, done it for him. I am very
2: busy. Well, yes, if it's already been done, <laughs> I will use it.
1: I was
0: always of the mindset that published adventures were for lazy dungeon masters who lacked creativity and imagination. And I firmly believed that that was the case. And then I became an adult. And I had all these adult expectations thrust upon me. And now I realize that they're probably for those people that just don't have time to homebrew everything. Like me. Like you. But I still find the time to do that because I have great love for my gaming table. But you don't
2: have time to game with
1: your table.
0: I don't uh, because I have Lou.
1: Three episodes in a row. And here it comes. Here it comes. Go ahead. Say it. Say it. Aren't you going to game with us on Wednesdays? Yeah, no.
0: Stop (laughs) giving me stuff to do. I'm working on a special project for Lou that Lou wanted done. And I'm working on another special project for Lou that he wanted done, which involves multiple other special products like some design stuff and some building, and some writing. We'll talk about those later. Some, you don't have to get too deep yeah. into those. So, <laughs> yeah, there's uh, also, Lou has made me sign a non-disclosure agreement, so I can't <laughs> talk about it to anybody ever at any time. Uh, and back around to, I still don't really care much for published adventures, but I understand why. And for me, it's just easier for me to homebrew and write Write my own than it is to take the time to read all of this stuff
1: and try to memorize it. In the old days, I would buy all the published adventures, modules as I call them. Yep. And I would dissect them and pull, you know, adventures out and monsters and scenarios and traps and muddle them all together with a bunch of others that I've done and put together my own cobbled little thing. I still do that, but I don't buy every single one anymore. I still do because
0: I do too. Because I have I have stacks of retail adventures just itching to be run, but never will be. Well, I don't know. I'm getting a little pushback from certain people who aren't going to be uh, mentioned here, but they uh, they may go by the Silver Fox on the internet. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's his Art <Our> Time profile. <laughs> <laughs> So why run a published adventure then, right? I already mentioned no time, right? If yep. you don't have any time, you probably have a little bit of time to before you go to bed to to do a little reading, you know, while you're in bed.
1: Especially if you're married, because that's all you are doing in bed. <laughs> um, Speak for yourself. In some cases, you have the luxury of sleeping in your own bed, or you just pissed her off and you're stuck in the futon. But, you know, yeah, um, that might just be my life. Or... Or... I don't know. Why else run it? <laughs> you just may not... Well, you just might not have the chops. That is, that is true. You don't have the experience. A lot of people are just starting to play, so we've just found out. Thank you all very much for making sure the hobby is still continuing. We love it, and we're hoping you're loving it as well. But they just don't have the experience to put together their own homebrew stuff or pull the modules apart and rebuild them or just come up with a monster or a scenario or a trap on the fly off the top of their head. They just don't have the experience. It's not that they're unable or incapable. They just don't have the experience. And this is a good way to get it. It is. I hear a lot of
0: stories, people who are DMing, and they often they often start with, I'm a new DM kind of because I had no choice. And usually on these, these, these uh, Facebook groups that I'm a part of, what do I do? And it's a it, it's a conundrum, especially if it, it's, all right, I know how to be a player. How do I be a DM? And these published adventures can kind of help you through that. I, my first stint DMing was keep on the Borderlands. B1, I think, was the the module. They all had like, letters and numbers. It was, like, <laughs> B1, and then... The secret code. B2 was the Castle of the Silver Princess, and then B3 was Isle of Dread, and, you know, it was... It was a a series, but that's that's how how I learned was through uh, Keep on the Borderlands, which was like the training wheel module for DMs before you got into like the 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 bigger stuff like the advanced D&D modules, which weren't much different. And even some of the box sets that came out later that were whole campaigns.
2: But I think he's had said a key word in there: training wheels. And I'm on some of these forums because I see you reply back to some of these people. And what I think a lot of people miss or do not do when they go right to the published adventures or published adventures or modules, whatever you want to call them. Modules. They choose the wrong one to start with. Yes. That'll turn somebody off. And I can't do this. How do I run this? I've seen people try to say, Oh, I'm going to run Strahd for the first time. Don't. Don't. No. I won't even run that one the first first time. time. No, there's only a certain, I mean, there's a, there is a number of them, but you know, you want to start with one from the essentials kit or the starters kit. Yep. Um, and maybe one or two out of them um, yawning portal that are very easy to to start with. If you're starting with Strahd or one of the other ones, you know, you you're back at right where you
0: started from. Confused. Yeah. Yeah. There's um e- even a lot of the earlier the earlier ones which are not as clear. They may turn you off. I would suggest picking up some of these one shots that you can get from
2: there's DM's Guild.
0: DM's Guild. Yeah, there's there's even some Wizards of the Coast published yes. material yep. on there that is is good and for one shot modules, there's also a a company and I always forget the name, but they're taking all these old modules and they're updating them to 5th edition. I think
2: that's DM's Guild that's doing that. Well, they are one of them that is doing that because I was looking at some getting ready to buy some.
0: Yeah, there's a there's um an independent publishing company that's out there that's doing that. Like they, I think they just did keep on the Borderlands for fifth edition. And if you could pick that up for fifth edition, do it if you're a new GM because it's it is learning how to ride a bicycle. You're starting with the training wheels, and it's it's simply laid out and it's just easy to get started. And there's enough room for you to get creative with it to make it a little less vanilla. Yep. But it's a good starter adventure for any new DM, regardless of what edition you're playing.
1: I agree. Well, you touched on it, too. We move to our next point. It's it's still your game. So if you want to add or subtract things, you can. Absolutely. Just don't make grand additions and grand subtractions, because then you'll hurt the story. You have a published uh, adventure sitting in front of you everything's laid out for you already and if you make too drastic a change you're not going to be able to keep up with everything and, and nothing's gonna marry up either
0: right yeah and that's that's probably the best piece of advice you could ever give someone uh running a, a retail adventure is you know it is still your game but don't make huge sweeping changes because it'll 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 derail the story mm-hmm. i have tyranny of dragons and every single other one that fifth edition has put out And I've read Tyranny of Dragons. I don't know why I've read Tyranny of Dragons because I had no intention of playing it. I read it, like, cover to cover uh, a couple times when it first came out. Um, That was a
1: really long night before you went to bed. That was. That was a
0: really, really long night. Alone. Alone. But what are you going to do, right? Yeah, it happens. Uh, I just cuddled up with a hardcover book. But a really good example of... Making it your own, remembering it's still your game, running a retail module and not having it sound like you were just reading off a script is what Jerome at D20 The Curtain is doing with it. It is recognizable as Tyranny of Dragons, but it is more, it's more... He personalized it. Yeah, it's it's um, it's um seasoned. It, characters have growth and development. Yeah. Um, it's
2: just not the module itself. He's actually focusing on character development, and he's brought a whole new light to it. Is you you still like you said you still can tell it's tyranny of dragons, but it's a, an enhanced version.
0: Yes, it it's what it's what those retail adventures are supposed to look like and feel like when when you run them. It's here's the outline for the adventure, and then your players add add a ton to it, and your your skilled dungeon master and Jerome has said a few times to us that he's. He's got really not a lot of experience running a game, but you wouldn't know it listening. You wouldn't know it to him at all. You would swear he's been doing it
1: a long, 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 long well, time. He doesn't have a lot of experience running a game, but he has a lot of experience telling a story. Yes, and, and that's what, and being, that, a that's what being a DM is. That's what being a DM is. So he he has the skills. He's just reapplying them to d and D game. And like Lou said, he's personalizing it. Yeah, and he's allowing his players to do the same thing. So it does it does give a certain flair to it that makes it makes it more enjoyable to listen to. So if you're not listening to D20
0: to Curtain, check them out. I mean it's worth it. Uh one of my favorite podcasts, actual play podcasts. It's uh it's beautifully done. The cast is fantastic and um I I prefer them over over Critical Role. <gasps> I do. I do. I would I and it's not, you know, I don't want to cast any shade on Critical Role cuz that's that's a a, a really entertaining Actual play on YouTube, podcast, whatever have you. But D20 to curtain is my jam.
1: There you go. So check them out. Nothing wrong with personal favorites. That's right. So what do you do with this adventure? I mean, you got it. Just everyone showed up. Just crack that baby open, pull the cellophane off, and go at it, right? Only if you want to fail.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You want to read it at least once. Uh, Yeah. At least once. You want to read it at least once, and then you want to revisit it prior to your first session and then you want to keep revisiting it prior to every session you run. You want to take detailed notes. You want to know your game, you want to know what's happened, if people have kind of gotten off track, you want to figure out how to get them back on track because as Bill said earlier, you don't want you don't want to make these big changes because you may find yourself at the end of the campaign going, I have no ending because I've deviated so far from the ending in the book that I don't know what to do
1: now. <laughs> the book is now just a uh, a coaster. Yeah. Well, it also gives you a sense of the progression of the story. So you know where the high points are. You know where the, the combat's supposed to be, the, the Easter eggs, things like that. So you know where they're going to be. And if you do, on occasion, have to move them a little bit, forward or back, you know where and when to do so. Very, very
0: important. And that's probably the piece of retail adventures that I like the least is constantly having to go back and read someone else's work where if I homebrew my own, I already know what direction it's going in because I thought about it
1: every, over and over and over Every day end. in the shower. I was about to say or eight or ten showers on, worth at least. On the ride
0: home while I was waiting to go to sleep or while I was having my morning coffee, I was just thinking about it, thinking about it. And I, I can't do that with the retail adventures because I don't have that kind of investment
1: it, But you really need to... Well, for your newer game masters, your inexperienced game masters, or the ones that just simply don't have the time to do that, you can reread it because it's also going to refresh you on where you left off. It's going to remind you of some of the key NPCs and some of the key story points that have already passed that you may have forgotten about, or you want to bring back up again and reinforce because maybe the party is getting a little off track. And that's your way to bring them back in. That's your hook. Is remind them of these these points that have already come up in the you know in the module. So
0: one of the things that is great now, it's such a useful tool that we didn't have coming up as game masters is is YouTube. Oh, I thought you were
1: going to say electricity. <laughs> uh,
0: candles <laughs> add an ambiance that a light bulb just doesn't, um, <laughs> especially when it's burning on a disembodied skull. But
2: yeah, does YouTube there's D and D Beyond?
0: Yeah, you can you can go to YouTube and search for whatever retail module you're gonna get or you're planning on playing, and you're gonna get a ton of.
2: You get detailed reviews, get breakdowns on them. Yeah, um, you can get them done. You can actually watch, watch them play by chapter by chapter. This okay. this is a lot in that's another way to, to learn as
1: well. As well as it alternatives, is. too. Yeah, Oh, yeah. To what's already, you know, what's written. Here's an alternative that will still maintain your storyline, but if that doesn't work for you, then maybe this will work instead.
0: And you can pick some ideas up from a DM that may be a little more skilled or experienced than you and go, you know, I never even thought of doing that. You know, I think that'd be cool to explore that in in my running of this retail adventure.
2: Yep. I, that's where I think I get a lot of my my. Inspirations from YouTube, you know, just picking things up from watching you guys. And just even, like, listening to Jerome on D20, to Curtain, or, you know, listening to, to somebody on um, YouTube or something like that. So yeah, it's the same thing.
1: So the, now you get to the part that I use it most often for, <clears throat> is picking it apart and using the pieces in your own campaign. I've always used the modules, the few that I have picked up. I've talked to other gamers in the old days. Oh, this was great, and that was great. I'm like, all right, I'll go get it. And I'll read it through and go, you know, that was actually a cool, you know, adventure right there. But it, maybe I'd just tweak it a little bit this way. And that was an awesome trap. That I really liked the way that trap was set up. I can use that over here. And I just dissected the crap out of them, and would take, you know, a, an adventure out of a couple different ones, meld them together, and come up with my my own. But I didn't have to think really hard about it because here's all the stuff already pre-written for me. But that's how I always used them. I don't ever recall running.
2: I don't ever recall you running a module I don't ever either.
1: recall yeah, running a published adventure or module or however you want to go about it. Straight out of the book. Ever, ever, ever. It's low-hanging fruit. It right? is. You have
0: all these encounters and, and these traps and these puzzles and everything that are just sitting there ready to be borrowed. Yes. So why not? You can. You're not doing any injustice to the book or to the adventure by picking out the stuff that you really like. And every GM... Out there, if you haven't already experienced it, you will. You'll get that. You'll get writer's block, or you'll you'll look back at some of the work you did on a campaign and go, you know what? This is just too formulaic for me. I need something different.
2: It can even keep away or stave off uh, burnout.
0: Yeah, and that's a very real thing too. If you're Mm -hmm. a forever DM, it's easy to get burned out. You you're just sometimes you just want to play, and you're sick. Tired of running all the time, constantly. The option's
1: out there. Enough said. Yeah.
0: So, please, give your forever GM's a break once in a while. It is greatly appreciated.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to cry for a second I did, there. too.
2: Well, the option's always given. The last couple of weeks, it has been given.
1: We even started this episode with it. Yeah.
0: So, again... Pair down my to-do list a little bit, Lou, and I'll be able to join your online game on Wednesday. But until that time, I am toiling under the lashers' whip, and that's be you, you, silver-haired devil. So
1: where there's a whip, there's a way.
0: Yes, and anybody under fifty will not know what we're talking about most often. But uh, it is from the, the Return movie. of the King. Thing. Yes, by Rankin Bass, the mm-hmm. cartoon, not the. The dreadful Ralph Bakshi uh, Fellowship of the Ring, (laughs) which was awful. And I usually like Ralph Bakshi's stuff, but that was absolute shit. Uh, They gave it back to Rankin Bass, who did a fine job. Also, September 22nd was Bilbo Baggins' birthday. Happy happy birthday. Happy birthday, Bilbo. Happy birthday, Bilbo. We we did an episode on playing halflings in celebration of the uh, first halfling ever, Bilbo Baggins. He's actually a hobbit. He is a hobbit, but...
2: It depends on whose world you're looking
0: at. Well, they used to be hobbits until that thing with copyright infringement that happened. And TSR was- Slate oversight. Yeah.
2: Just just a slate oversight. Yeah, yeah, they went sure. to the word halfling or halfling.
0: Halfling, yeah. Which was also what hobbits were called in the Lord of the Rings yep. books. But we digress yet again. That's because Bill's not keeping us on task. That is that is right. So pick a, pick it apart. Use what, what works for you. Yeah, because I was just looking
2: at Bill's collection. I was just going to ask him. Yeah. How many how many do you actually have? You have quite a bit over there. How many, how many what? Modules.
0: He's got Tails. the Yawning
2: Portal and I the think. The Yawning Portal yep.
0: which I would absolutely love to run a game out of that only because I would love to build a Yawning Portal set because WizKids uh has one. Expensive. That's like 300 and something Holy damn dollars. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, you have to sell like a kidney or something on the black market. I'll sell yours. You don't want my kidneys or my liver. Take what I can Actually, get. They're probably in a little better shape than yours. He's got candle keep mysteries. I've noticed one thing about Bill's D&D collection. Since since we started doing a podcast, Bill now has quite a some few. retail modules <laughs> in his collection. Um, circa the beginnings of the podcast, but there's nothing before 2020. In fifth edition.
2: Oh, not in fifth edition. In no. Fifth,
0: yeah. In in the ancient days. We have back some of those when here. back when a team of monks wrote the modules and they were all in like uh quill ink, that uh <laughs> that's different.
1: Those I have a few of.
0: Yes, he's got Icewind Dale too, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, which I would also love to run because I want to build like a whole snow mountain set and stuff. I got some great pine trees for that.
1: Can can we move on?
0: Give me started on Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft because I've always wanted to build a castle.
1: <laughs> mm. Yes, let's, let's let's move on. All right, so on to the next point: utilizing the online resources. They're
0: everywhere now. Yep, use the Google. The
2: Google is very very yep. good. Google smart.
0: Yep, Facebook with your friends, but don't be mean on it. You know, if someone's asking a question, it's be nice. Just
2: read the forums. There's tons of forums. Yeah. I think I belong to twenty five to thirty different for you know D and D forums. From all different categories, like first edition, second edition, all the way up to fifth. But there's a lot of good questions, and not only questions, there's a lot of good advice.
0: Yeah, we cruise those that those Bill doesn't, but me and Lou do.
2: It's because Bill needs to get another computer. Oh, he just got one. Never mind. Yeah. He has got one. We got we to gotta put Facebook on him, get him an account. He has one, too, but he doesn't he does. use it.
0: He doesn't use the facey time.
1: I don't use the facey time. He
0: can't on his jitterbug.
1: Or the snuggle book or whatever. <laughs> he <wants>. That's it.
2: <laughs>
0: we got to get him a new phone. Just, so, make sure,
1: just make sure the numbers are nice and big.
0: YouTube, definitely. Other podcasts, yep. Right. Um, YouTube is great because you can watch people play, as you brought up. You can get uh, the lowdown on it, reviews and the whatnot. Yep.
2: Uh, as a matter of fact, one of our friends, Dave Wiles, does that. Da- he, yeah. He, 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 his, a lot of his stuff is older, but still, yep. you get the same points out of it.
0: Yeah, it, d- Dave. Dave gives a really comprehensive look at pretty much anything that he puts out there, yep. and he does. You know, I stand by his, his opinions on stuff. If you're ever interested in in some cool d d history, go to uh, Retro RPG Reviews over on YouTube. That's fantastic. If you are looking seriously at some OSR stuff, Retro RPG Reviews, because Dave does that too. Listen to our friend uh, Nico running his game over at Fool's Quest. Yes. That's a podcast that's another one of my favorites, and it's one of my favorites for a totally different reason than I like D twenty to curtain because it's the comedy version of it's D&D. the opposite. Yeah, yeah. and it's uh, it's fun. You know, something else that I've listened to a few times is Red Dirt D and D. Yeah, it's Red a D&D Dirt D Western. I think that's pretty. That one is pretty in- cool. Inventive. There, there are quite a
2: few out there. Microphone and Monsters, um, yeah. Trolls under a two ton bridge. Does, those are all the guys I listen to. and they are pretty good. I don't,
1: I don't get those on my jitterbug either.
0: They, no, um, or on, on the radio. Bill's still listening. To I went
1: through all the FM channels and the AM channels, and I haven't found any of those.
0: Your radio has FM? Yes. He was listening to H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds from 1937. freaking uh, love
1: day that. Well, <laughs> I,
2: yeah, well, I would listen to that again, too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. love that.
0: <laughs> but online. Online has a ton of stuff you guys out there to help you run these retail adventures and there's a ton of talented dms out there that are running adventures
2: and not only that uh, like a lot of guys that we just talked about uh, some of them like a fool's quest and uh, red dirt DD, i believe they have a discord channel so you can go in there and ask questions or just talk to them and get some ideas
0: that's a that's a great point i didn't even think of talk to these guys it's better sometimes than going on to these facebook yeah, because you get a lot of trolls out there. Yeah, you get people that are just mean, and or just with, not even giving good advice. Right, and God, I wish they'd stop doing that. You know, I I wish they would just stop being mean or condescending to other gamers. Asking a question, gatekeeping, gatekeeping, and gatekeeping sucks. Don't be a gatekeeper. I had a I had a conversation not not long ago because I'm old. I don't understand all these this this new language people are using. Welcome to my world. Yeah. And someone was looking for a trans-friendly table, and I'm like, hey, honest question, what, is it, what does this mean? So they they said, you know, transitioning, you know, some uh, table that's got other other individuals transitioning from one gender identity to another. I said, okay, why can't you just go and be at a table and play games with, you know, people? Apparently, not a lot of people are welcoming to st- that and and other things. So that sucks. So just open your table up, be welcoming. That's my public service announcement. Don't be mean. Mean people suck. But these Discord channels with 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 guys like that, you're not going to get that. No, you won't. Um you you know, you'll get uh legitimate answers to your questions. They're good guys. They'll point you in the right direction. It'll be a good opportunity to grow as a as a DM so can, utilize i think utilize like nico's those.
2: discord channel is open you know he has a bunch of different podcasters on there we like i said he has red dirt dnd i believe on there they're usually on there. Uh microphones monsters roll gay role plays on there i'm on there every once in a while i'll just pop in and you know say hi or whatever up uh, so but yeah there's tons of tons of people going in there to ask questions that's another you know good spot to go to
0: you should see if roll gay role play wants to come on and talk D with us i send him a message I've listened to a couple of their, I too, their yeah. episodes too, and I like I like their stuff. Yeah, Tisha's pretty good. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> we gotta get Bill
2: something so he can listen to him. We
0: <laughs> we got it. We can can't you run like a pod, a podcast or something like that through his hearing aids? Isn't that doesn't technology allow you to do that? We we'll have to give
2: him the new Bluetooth
0: set. We'll get yeah. We we'll get real yeah, there's big. No, there's of no of Bluetooth
1: two. over here. I brush regularly. <laughs> we got a lot of work ahead
0: of us. We
2: we do, but we're digressing again.
1: All right, one last thing on the, the online resources. Believe it or not, I have seen some of this stuff, contrary to popular belief. While you're watching some of these other gamers, especially with you know the publications that we're talking about, the one thing I did notice is not necessarily the publication, but the mannerisms and the way the tables are run by the game masters and the etiquette at the table by the players. And I think that's important for new game masters to watch as well. Absolutely, oh, Not definitely. necessarily just the material they're playing, but how they're handling their table. It, mannerisms, how to go about... Expectations. Ex- expectations about how to go t- and, and present NPCs so they, they're not all, you know, monochromatic. Yeah. So you can watch them over a couple of times. And even if just the first time you're looking for the material that you're using, but then go back afterwards and just watch how the people are playing the game. And I think you can get a lot as a player and as a game master from just watching the etiquette across the table, how they're playing, how they're, you're conducting themselves. I was
2: just about to say that, you know, how the DM is conducting the table and how he's mm-hmm. keeping everybody in line. That's probably one of the best pieces of advice that, yeah. you know, we've probably given to as of right now, I would think.
0: Yeah, one of the one of the slippery slopes that you can fall into uh, with doing that is it's very easy to compare yourself to to someone like Matt Mercer or Amy Vorpal or yep. Satine Phoenix. Who I mean, they're they're professionals. That, you know, they're they the game is their work. Are any of these guys or gals that work for Wizards of the Coast now? You know, you have you have Matt Mercer, who's a talented voice actor. Don't try to be Matt Mercer. Take take from Matt Mercer, what you really, really like and bring it into your own game. Borrow from other DM styles that you really, really like and bring it into into your own game. But don't try to emulate them, I guess, because you may find yourself disappointed because you're not them. You have to develop your own style and just pick what you like. It's like what Bill was talking about with picking apart modules. Pick apart a DM. Yeah, and, and I think and, and borrow what you like. I
2: think that's probably like I'll usually talk to Bill. Hey, Bill, how did I do? Give me some pointers on what I did, or or this past weekend, or or even you. Don't be afraid to ask these questions either, because that's the only way you're going to learn and grow.
1: Yeah, you don't get better from your successes. You only get better through your your, your yeah. failures. Yeah, and not necessarily a failure, but just a flaw, a a misstep, a habit that you get into that could later on be detrimental. Well, like
2: yeah, because so, you just pointed one out to me when I was asking. You said um. I was given a little bit too much information out, it, you know. You're some of the answering riddles. your own questions. Yes. Yep. It, it, so now I, I know that's a flaw that I have that Bill said, hey, but I wasn't afraid to ask that question either.
1: Right. Yeah, and you bounce stuff off me a lot. Yeah. So, but that's what you need to do. Find someone you can you can ask. And if it is going on Discord and speaking to one of these other gentlemen or ladies, then, then do so because they're going to give you a straightforward answer and an honest one.
2: Or even go to our Facebook page, Facey Time for Bill and ask us and ask us a question there.
0: Yeah, we'll be we'll be happy to answer your questions and we won't be dicks. So that's a that's a bonus too. <laughs> and um, if you don't
2: want that to be seen by everybody, if you want to keep it private, go to our web page and send us a message emails. on our about on our about page. Yeah. There you
0: go. Yeah. And while you're at it, you'll be submitted into the drawing for our Epic giveaway, That's which is right. still going on. Come on, Dun, Google. dun, dun. I've, I haven't had such a hard time giving a ton of shit away. This is like, ever. what,
2: three or $400 worth of gaming stuff. Yeah, this stuff. is a yeah. lot of
0: stuff. Yeah, it's get a huge pile. There. There's a send picture and everything. An We're paring down the requirements because we asked too much of you guys. Just send us an email, okay? Go over there, send us an email. Once we get to 500 emails, we will... Pick a winner, and we will let you know. Those people that did all that stuff before, don't worry. You're still in it, and we'll, we'll, we'll give you an entry for every one of those other things that you did for every hoop you jumped through. But come on. It's collecting dust in in the dojo here, and we want to get rid of it.
1: Actually, we just want to ship out some of the dust.
0: <laughs> That's yeah. way too much. There's, I got more like, stuff to bring in. There's rule books. There's... Dice sets, dice trays, Everything you need. Adventures, yes. Everything you need everything to start running need. games. If you are like our friend Sean and you're starting a and d club at your school or, or a TTRPG gaming group at a school or something, this is a great way to get a boatload of stuff for just sending an email. And if you are starting a gaming club, have every teacher in your school send an email. That'll work. Yeah.
1: And maybe even some of the gamers that are gonna be part of your Maybe club.
0: even some of the gamers. We'd love to hear from some of these 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 gamers. We're always interested
1: in this new kind of batch
0: of gamers and them and them making the game their own. So if we can support that, we're very happy to do so. But again we digress. This is what happens. That was a good one though. That was a good we'll dig one. We'll let that, that digression flow. We'll let that right. one slide, little, yeah, keep yeah, yeah. keep keep it in during the edits.
1: But you touched on this a few times just before we digressed. Um, is focusing not so much on the public's adventure, but rather on the fun of the game and the camaraderie with the people you're with and, and the enjoyment of like minded people getting together and having a great time with make believe.
2: And just think about it. You can meet some of your make some of your best friends. Yeah. Doing this, how you
1: can,
0: because I have. I have too.
2: I'm still waiting. Ah,
0: you're that. <laughs> bastard. A grumpy I came with him for pace. a little
2: over 30 years, and he still yeah. says that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Crotchy.
1: Well, I just accepted uh, acquaintances, I guess. You know, just, <laughs> take it or leave it. At the end of the day,
0: and, and this is, you know, this is Bill being all soft and gentle. At the end of the day, that's really what it's about, right? You play the game yep. to have a good time. You have you have a good time with, with with people you enjoy spending time with. You have kind of like a communal meal of Hot Pockets, Mountain Dew, and ho and you enjoy the game. You laugh, you talk about it for the next couple weeks afterwards, and, and you look forward to getting together and, and doing that stuff. That's really the most important part. If you're going to win at D&D... Having a good time, that's the way you win. And having a
1: good time with your friends.
0: Yeah, even even better.
1: That's, that's the main thing, that at least is, for some of us and, here. And, like Lou said, making new friends.
0: Yeah, which we, we've done, too. We've, um, we've been fortunate enough to forge very, very, very good friendships that have s- literally spanned a lifetime. Yeah. And we've been fortunate enough to meet new people to game with that – Um, we've been gaming with for a while and have, have forged friendships with uh, as well. And that is a, that is a great thing too.
1: Well, if, if the game is run correctly, it is very inclusive. Yes. You accept people for who they are and they're going to play their characters the way they like to. And that becomes that character and, and how much of their own persona is wrapped up into that doesn't matter because that's the character. And that's the person playing it. And you accept them for who they are and just enjoy the game. And if they're a bit quirky and uh, a little uh, off to the left a bit or right, because they're just not quite normal. I'm counting myself in that group. Very I knew you were. Very forefront. Everyone line up behind me. Um, all the better, because that just makes the gameplay more interesting and it makes the person more interesting.
0: Yeah, it's it, the inclusion thing is huge. It's back in the back in the seventies and the eighties, normal people didn't play D anD. d You no, know, the geeky it, kids. It, it did. It was all and, the misfits
1: that played D yeah. anD. d uh,
0: And so we understand that whole. Well,
1: I wasn't a geeky kid. No, you were a nerd instead. Yeah, is yes. a difference. God damn it! You 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 were just below the geeks.
0: Yeah, that's how the hierarchy. Of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But include, include people on your table. It, it shouldn't matter who they are, what they are, any of that stuff. Just, let them, you know, they could be awesome people that are fun to game with, and really that's all that matters. You know, let them in. Have a chair ready for them. If they fit in well with your group, that's super. You just got a new player. If they don't, that's okay. You it know, happens. You, you, yeah, you let them, you let them in. They tried you out. They either liked you or they didn't, and vice versa. And it was a good fit or a bad fit, but it doesn't matter as long as you extended that 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 offer to someone interested in in, in giving it a shot.
1: And understand if they don't fit the table and they're they're you know they say, "Well, I don't think this works for me." No, well, that's cool. Yeah, you know, it doesn't make them a jerk. It doesn't make you guys better than them or vice versa. It's just not exactly a good fit for them or for you. And it happens. It's happened to us. As inclusive as try to be and as large as our group is, um, it there's people who come in and play and say, hey, you know, it's kind of cool and I like what you do, but it's not quite what I like to do. That's cool. Hey, yeah. you know, hey, can I help you find another group? And off they go and, and more power to them. And that's your campaign, Part 5, Running
2: Published Adventures. See you next time in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us on Facebook. At the Dungeon Masters Dojo, or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.